Righto, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official first ever podcast, literally known as Dirtbags. And we decided on that name because DC and I, we decided we're a couple of people that are just mad about dirt sports and we're a couple of dirtbags. So I'm going to get on the mic first. I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Josh Curran. Uh, what do I do for a living? I am an electrician. Who, uh, not a very good one. Not a very good one. That's why I became a supervisor. But uh, I'm an electrician. What do I love about dirt sports? I uh, I think it's just the most visually stimulating form of racing that there is available out there. And uh, it is just the bee's knees. My favorite form of dirt sports, actually this is a little controversial, is not actually cars. It's motorbikes. I mean, I froth on uh on the boys that race motorbikes, did uh, did you happen to catch any of the AMA Supercross? You see the uh, in Seattle, the uh, East West Shootout, the Aussie boys, Hunter and Jet Lawrence, couple of good Queenslanders. So suck it, all you New South Walesmen. Hunter and Jet doing an awesome job over there in the AMA. And uh, my favourite race, well, that is pretty easy. It's uh, hands down Fink. And uh, but I tell you what. DC, there is one that is sneaking up a little bit, and it is called the Don River Dash, and that is starting to become one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite races out there. So, uh, what I'm going to do is we're just going to throw over to DC for a second and uh, let him introduce himself. Right. Well, I better crack this first, Josh. Hey, oh, now you're talking. Hey, that? say hey. la vie. Oh. Thirsty job, this Oof. one. Right, so I'm Dan, obviously. I've been around for a long time with the different commentating and around off-road racing and dirt sports. Done a lot of things over the years with respect to a bit of dirt sports spectating. I'm a, I'm a, a professional spectator, Joshua. That's my uh, my goal. Uh, what I actually do for a living is an electrician, but you guys will get used to that. A couple of pair of dirt bag electricians is what we really are. And then um, I've always loved dirt sports. We grew up four-wheel driving, uh, obviously being brothers in case you didn't work that one out quick. You know, we, we've we been around a long time in Jeeps. My old boys had a World War II Jeep, old JC Senior, as lots of you guys will know. He's been around the off-road racing scene, spinning spanners on the 41 Jimco for a lot of years. And so we've uh, been around just mucking around in four-wheel drives, dirt bikes. We've ridden bikes at Fink. We've just always had a love of, of off-roading, and, and that's in all types. Even just come back. It's Easter long weekend as we record this, and we just come back from a week camping in the caravan down on Rules Beach in the sand, further away from people the better, eh, Joshua? Heck but anyway, yeah. talking about the, yeah, the favourite race, I'm going to go, listen, it is Fink. There's no question Australia-wise, uh, you know, but that's the standard answer. I'm going to go a little bit left field here. One of the most fun adventures I've ever had. And now, again, this is going to be a bit wild because Josh and I and, and Brenton Thompson and Luke Gares had a fantastic trip over in uh, Baja in 2016. It was one of the highlights of my life. But I'm actually going to go a little bit here and go Vegas to Reno. Yes. If you ever have got the opportunity to go and uh, chase or race Vegas to Reno, it was absolutely on my top list of just one of those amazing races. We were chasing a 10-car. Big shout-out to the Salambacks over in, uh, in in Huntingdon Beach, if they're listening to this. But we were chasing Jared and, and Andrew, our Mongo. Hey. And we were jumping the pits, and, and it was just an absolute hoot. We were setting up pits as Jared and Andrew were sliding in in the 10-car, the little Tatum car that they've got. And, you know, they'd be scooting out, and then we'd be rushing to the next double-over pit. And, you know, once um, one of the highlights there, Josh, was obviously with the 10 car, it was 
I don't want to use the word slow enough because, man, it was flying, but it's slow enough that you can do that. Once you go to that top-tier trophy truck and, and you know, pro uh, buggy, they call them class one or an unlimited class over there, you know, you really can't chase. A lot of the guys, they set up a pit three, say, with their semi-trailers, and that's them for the whole weekend of racing, whereas we weren't doing that. We were jump, jump, jump. We started, I want to say it was 6 a.m., uh, in, in just outside of Vegas, it's about 100 k's out of Vegas. We started and, and we were finished essentially like one one thirty in the morning. We got back to our our motel just outside of uh, Reno. Few oh, of the Aussies was over that, there. Was in... that called the uh, the the colon? No, that's Baja. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, coffee. No, yes, we did stay in the I mean, colon. I mean, don't try and church it up, son. <laughs> but yeah, good time. So. If uh, anyone's ever got the opportunity, that's a little bit about me and, and my history. But, man, uh, racing over in America is one of the highlights that we've done. But uh, Australian racing, mate, it's brilliant too. Well, you mentioned the Don. There's some really top-level races coming around now. St. George was great this year. Great yeah, absolutely. action. You know, a lot of these teams, there's a lot of uh, well-established off-road races out there, Josh, but there's some good ones as well. And we also like, we've been involved in the Winch Challenge scene. We've been involved in the, in the hey, Rip Land Cruiser Mountain Park. It's yeah. changed a little bit now. The mountain, we'll talk about that later. But, um, yeah, that's one of the big game changes. But a lot of us Queensland off-road racers have come from racing our street four-wheel drives at those type of events. Yeah, that's right, DC. I tell you what, that brings a bit of a flashback there when you start talking about uh, Land Cruiser Mountain. When was that? Late or mid Mid 2000s, so we're starting to show a little bit of our age now. One thing I will just cover: you will notice there is a little bit of a little bit of a sound gap between DC and I. So I'm actually I'm in studio at the moment, and uh, due to our work situation at the moment, Dan and I couldn't actually uh, meet up and be in the same place at the same time. So I've actually got Dan. Uh, he is back home in Yapoon, where Central Queensland Yapoon boys, and uh, he is. On his iPad, and we're just doing a bit of a uh, a call in for this one. So appreciate you uh, making the time, bro, while you're at home with your family to get this podcast up and running. And that's one of the things, as Dan covered, there is is we love all forms of dirt sports. We've um, like you said, the early winch challenges are the the three car challenge at Sioni Park many many years ago. We we competed in that uh, against each other, and actually, who who won that? DC that year you it wouldn't, competed. Have, it wouldn't have been me, mate. Yeah, <laughs> coffee, coffee. But you've danced around the question. But I guess you could say, like, you know, the younger brother named Josh won it. So I, I won't beat on about that too much. But yeah, we just we're a big fan of all kinds of dirt sports. So that's one of the things we want to say about this podcast. We are not exclusive to uh, off road racing, ultra four racing. Heck, just having a fat time up the beach with your mates, like that is really one of the great things about uh, off-road, full stop. So I, uh, we're just putting it out there. You know, if, if you're listening to the podcast and you think of an event that would be interesting for us to cover, you know, uh, hit us up on an email, sales at uh, – sorry, i got to say that. It, Josh at cqeservices.com.au. Send us through any information and we will uh, get it on the podcast. So I guess we'll we'll start off with uh, you covered it a bit earlier before, but uh, A O R C round one, the Cobb and Co Hotel St George three nine nine, and I tell you what, what a way to kick off the weekend it, or kick off the uh, Australian Championship. It was a um, it was a heck of a good weekend. So congratulations to uh, Josh Howes and Eric Hume going uh, going back to back. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive. It was a it was a strong field. 
praise the Lord, 2022, we are COVID-free. The borders are open. So I tell you what, it was a heck of a field. Yeah, mate, it was awesome to see some of the cars there. I mean, we had the likes of OBR and Greg Gartner, Smoothie, come over. So it truly was probably one of the first ones back. I know there's been a few, but it was truly back to an Australian field, wasn't it? We had Western Australia. We had Shannon Wrench, Josh, in his brand-new Jimco Hammerhead, and that was one that was definitely worth a look. Yeah. New car, new chassis. Yeah, very excited to see that car, that's for sure. So we've been sweating on that car. I mean, how long ago was it that uh, he sold the the Jimco to Kamiski? Probably a good three years ago, two years ago? Got, got to be, absolutely. Yeah. Kamiski run it two years at um, Don River Dash. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, Shannon's been without a car for a, a long time, and the... Once that rumor broke that it was a hammerhead, I think uh, I think Jimco themselves might have put something on their Instagram about building a, a an Aussie spec, and the dots were joined that it was uh, Spanner that was uh, getting the um, getting it. And I tell you what, just been hanging out to see that thing. Yeah, that's the interesting bit, Josh. Is what we're going to see is you know can that buggy run with the trophy trucks in the in the rough stuff? That's going to be the real key because that's what they're toting. With that long trailing arm, mm. that's going to be the one to watch. Can it keep up and think? It looked good, Josh. I think they've got a little bit more to dial in, and I'm sure Shannon will tell you that himself. I mean, they were fast. He came third outright at the first round back. He was, uh, oh, I don't, you see, I keep saying this on the commentary as well, don't I, Josh? It, it's funny because he looks so controlled and so gentle and so yeah. smooth, and you sort of like, he didn't look particularly fast or aggressive, but. Hey, mate, third place. He's on the podium in the very first race. Yeah, and a, and a couple of years off. And, and we were probably talking about that as well on the uh, on the drive home that night. We said Shannon's a little bit of a guy that's probably uh, suffered from his own success. I mean, he's a seven-time Australian champion in, like, I mean, he's just raced some of the, the OGs of, our, uh, of off-road racing. You know, some of those battles that he used to have with... Uh, with bangers, and uh, I mean the years when him and Fellows just went toe to toe. I mean they were, whew, I mean that was some that were the golden years, you know, of uh, not yeah. golden. I mean I'm not saying that the competition is not not great now, but I I think when you had two guys that were just at the absolute peak of their powers, and and you know racing top notch equipment, and and it was first and second all all the time, and and, and I think well, yeah, forget. yeah, I think Shannon's well, just one of those guys forget. that. Suffers from a little bit of his own success, you know what I mean? Like he, um, yeah, we were talking about him like, oh, you know, Shannon looked a little off the pace on the weekend and he finished third and we're talking about Shannon being right. be, being off the pace. But, I mean, the guys, I mean, they're a great family of off-road racing, him and his old boy. I'm not sure how much Ian <laughs> gets into him about it. I reckon Ian's in there like, come on, Shannon, you're driving like an old man, you know what I mean? So, But, yeah, I mean, they are, yeah, I, I think – they will be a team to watch. I mean, it, it's sort of stayed in it, but I think they'll be on top of that car quickly. I, I expect to see impressive things out of that car at uh, at Fink, and um, I'll probably be disappointed if I don't. It'd be good to see the, the buggies getting back up there and sort of battling it with the trucks in the rough, you know what I mean? And it'll it'll be, um, yeah, Fink's definitely going to be an interesting one, that's for sure. But we also well, talk John- about, oh, yeah. I was going to say, there's another round to go in between there. Thinks the third round. Yes. So, you know, we've only run one round. He's got another full race to do, a full another prep, a full another, you know, he's got that time to sort suspension. You know, hey, the other one, and I know we've sort of turned this 
into talking about Shannon Wrench's new car, which is, is something we wanted to talk about. Yes. But the other thing that was should have been noted is that he was only on the 35s. Josh Howells yes. for the weekend was on 37. Yep. Is Shannon going to step up to the 37s for Fink? It would seem like a logical progression. It's the big car. It's got the big trailing arms. It's got the big shocks. Surely it can handle the big tyres. But then Dare the flip I say side it, 39s. is... Possibly. Is that a thing that's going to happen now? I mean, we've got a lot of pro buggies or, or you know, our, our, you know, buggies on 37s now. Is it a thing that's going to... In America, they're racing on 39s. Bigger chassis. Yeah, that's right. Big, bigger chassis. I, th- I think... The Wilson cars and the Parkhouse car is on 40s. You know, that's just absolutely crazy that we're talking about Class 1 cars or, or Pro Buggies that are that are on a 40-inch tyre. But, yeah, yeah, Shannon and Ian, brand-new car and uh, and third outright. So uh, a, a fantastic job. Now, another guy that has a new-ish car, I guess you could say, but was on the bopper all weekend is uh, is Toby Waitley. They did an awesome job of that, uh, of that rush truck. They... Um, I think it was fourth in qualifying or, or yeah. prologue, and then stepped it up another notch to uh, to go the fastest class four of the um, of the top ten shootout, and, and and up into third place. And then, unfortunately for Toby, had a. Gosh, um, actually, I'll have to pull you up. I have to pull you up there. That can't be right. He was on the podium uh, on Friday's presentation dinner, wasn't he? So he had to be in third and third. Yeah, I, I, we should know those facts before we start yapping, shouldn't we? But, <laughs> but no, he was definitely up there and then stepped up again. I, I want to say he was third and then went to second or because uh, Josh Howells was second. So it was OBR, Howells, and I want to say Watley, and that was in the initial. Yes. And then they went through the top ten again. Yes. And unfortunately, as we know, OBR had those issues. Yes, yeah, that is right. So that's uh, where I did get a little bit crossed up. Yeah, you are right. The um, He became the fastest truck because Bo did have those um those issues, so which is a, a massive shame. Which was, yeah, rocker arm issues, Josh. That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they were. I mean, he has got that thing. I was going to say he's singing that thing these days, man. Bo is a man on a mission. You can tell how much he wants that. Oh, hundred percent, DC. And, and that was one of the things that was probably a highlight of the uh, of the weekend for me was. Uh, Bo's first lap, oh, man, that thing was just singing from the moment he left the start line. Like he just, he was in second gear before he even hit the the very first corner. And the way he just speedwayed, if that's a term, but the way he just he he just the way he took that corner was just phenomenal. There was a, a BF Goodrich sign that um we couldn't see because he he put that much mud and dirt all over it, and then. I mean, everywhere that that OBR truck went, you could just hear it, and and a fantastic run because in dust he went from tenth off the line and and laid down the the second fastest lap, so he he jumped up into second. Unfortunately, motor issues would plague him in the uh, the later laps on on Sunday, but uh, a heck of a drive. I mean, that guy just always shows his talent. He's his raw commitment. I mean, some of those YouTube clips of him being out in the scrub and going that fast in a truck is, is super, super impressive. So yeah, they were just, and I mean, that's off-road racing. You always need a little bit of luck, but they were just lucky that um, Smoothie had a more terminal engine failure in the lead up to Prologue and, and wasn't able to, to, um, to continue on. So they got a rocker arm out of his car and put it in that but uh but that's the way it goes because also Matty Hansen laid down second fastest time in the top 10 shootout and then had an injector 
jam open, which is, mate, poor old Matty Hansen. Like, if he did not have bad luck, he'd have no luck whatsoever at the moment. Like, guys, super fast, super talented, um, an ex-Australian champion. Like, that's what we, we talk about, like, a stacked field. Like, you know, Matty yes. Hansen, no no luck. I believe burnt a touch over 40 litres of fuel doing the uh, doing the prologue lap. So, yeah, definitely some dramas yeah, there. Is he on E85 these days? Uh, couldn't tell you, mate. All I know is that thing hammers. But yeah, for those type of numbers, tough. I mean, the type of numbers that he's making out of a relatively small turbo V6, it would have to be on some pretty special fuel. So whether that's Power Plus 104 or E85, I, I don't think it's on a bit of 95 from out of the servo. Oh, no, not on the BP. But listen, the interesting bit about that is I only bring it up because I have heard recently a number of people having injector issues with E85. So it's one of those things that if you, it, you know, it's almost like a methanol fuel where you've really got to clean them out and look after them and, you know, it can't sit in the tank. And, you know, it, that's true of a lot of these race fuels, you know, for our, you know, average audience that's listening along, um, it, you know, we just want to throw it out there that, you know, a lot of these cars do have issues because of the fuel that they're running on. You know, Billy Geddes has had a couple of tank issues just with respect to the foam that, like, that stops the sloshing inside that tank. You know, that becomes an issue, doesn't it, when you start running some of these real high-octane, real specific race fuels. Yeah, but, uh, an exotic style of fuel. So I think the big issue with E85 is um, is it attracts moisture. So if you do not mm. uh, clean it out of your car, out of your fuel lines, if you let it sit on your, you know, in the bore, and then it um, it evaporates. It, it leaves behind a moisture, which will then leave rusting and pitting. So, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, a lot of these fuels, incredible amounts of horsepower that they're getting out of them, but also um, incredible amount they burn. I think they essentially operate on, um, you need 33% more fuel for E85, but um, you, you can also make some incredible horsepower. But that's what we're talking about with the with the luck for the weekend, you know. Um, so Josh, Hal, and Eric had a little bit of a altercation with a tree on their very first mm-hmm. lap and um, damaged the front arm and also damaged a a front shock. So they were able to get another uh, another shock, sorry, off um, off Matty Hansen to to keep running. And then, mate, Ingenuity Plus, the uh, I believe the local John Deere tractor shop in St George opened up their. Um, opened up their doors late on Friday or Saturday for them, and um, they were able to press the arm straight. That's super impressive, man, to like, yeah. Yeah, when I heard that story, I was like, man, like the Howl's old boy, he must just be like an OG gangster in the shed. Like, you know, like that, like, like to, that's something I just imagine my old boy doing as well. Like, oh, I don't have what we need, but we've got a bit of bailing twine. Um, This here shifter, and um, a couple of tech screws, and we'll make it work. So, yeah. which is great, you know. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like those those old boys, and and no disrespect to uh, Mister House when I call him an old boy. Those old boys are just man. They're super super ingenuitive in, in how they fix things. You know, we um, we were on a steep learning curve. Our very first thing that we raced, and we we serviced our shocks ourselves, and we we got it wrong. We um, we overfilled them with oil and uh, essentially oil incompressible, not enough space, and um, we bottomed out the front shock and, and blew uh, reservoir 
So we blew the end clean out of the reservoir and um, we didn't notice it. Luckily, luckily it was just the, not just the, but it was the coilover rather than the bypass shock. And um, yeah, one of the things the old boy did, you know, we we're looking at different options and machining and this and that and raiding parts down the pits. And he just, he just pushed it in until it made a seal and busted out a couple of tech screws and, and used the tech screws as a, like a dowel as a stopper and, the old girl came all the way home from Fink like that, like so. Yeah, the the bad shout out to the to the old boys out there. You know, the guys like the um, was it Nickel the four thirty? Like they built their truck in their shed at home, like and, and they're racing at St yep. George, like a little two car garage. Like it's flipping awesome, man. Not sure, like, Nickel's, not sure Nickel's an old boy. But yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, sorry, yeah, but, you're saying some of the ingenuity in yeah. off road. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. We're we're in the middle of nowhere, like that. Like let's call space. They're big dollar cars, but we don't race with big dollar support. Like it's 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 cool, man, mm-hmm. and it's and it's kind of, kind of fix it up. You know what I mean? But um, yep. man, talking about the the top, we're still having even like we're talking about the top ten shootout. Like other impressive things yep. was uh, a Josh Weidman in that little Can Am uh, seventh seventh or eighth overall. You know, like so. Yep. Very, very cool. Like a, a great run for those guys as well. Unfortunately, they weren't quite able to. Uh, keep it up during the race. I think they said they they had a few little dramas. They had to push the Can Am a bit too hard to try and keep in front of uh, of some of the bigger cars once they got out into the open. But um, yeah, but you know, still very cool, man. Very cool. Like those as a uh, man that was definitely not a fan of golf carts when they first come out. I tell you what, they are making me thinking believe. golf carts. They are making me a believer, man. That's for sure. So, uh, but they're, they're very cool. So, uh, and man, like we talk about it, like big dollar cars and that, but then there's, you know, that madman Mike spokes in that, uh, in that little Jimco pro light. He, uh, he was on it all weekend, like as well. He had a he had a great run. He was Absolutely. never out of. I don't believe he was ever out of the top ten. Uh, so you know that's huge. You know what I mean? Like in a, in a pro light to be fast around a, a tighter, more uh, closed course, but then to still just hold your spot easily in in the race is, is very impressive. Yeah, that was a big fast straights, and yeah, that was an interesting race because it, it wasn't. There was some treed stuff. There was some tight stuff, but there was some big, fast, you know, turbo buggy stuff that really, you know, that had a lot of moving. It was a great race. It had a lot going for it with what happened with the changes, Josh. Because, you know, if you don't know, the background there is that the dam area that we always race at at St. George, you know, it was flooded. We couldn't use it. So the guys scrambled to get that together. And I think with what options they had, the farmers came together. Huge shout-out to everyone involved with that St. George 399. They got it sorted. You know, it's one where you could have gone, hey, guys, the paddocks are flooded. We can't do anything. Yeah. But they didn't. They got it sorted. Yeah, yeah. And, and total, like, I mean, St. George is known for those dams. You know what I mean? Like, some of the footage out of there last year, just amazing. Like, Greg Gartner around that dam, you know what I mean? Like, just riding the berm, there was some some amazing amazing footage from there you know but to still yeah pull it out of the fire like that they, they lost you know it'd be like dare i say it like well you know it's half of this year i was about to say it'd be like gundy losing malapun your run but that that has happened it's like Fink yep. losing the whoops but man yeah like hats off to yep. all the event organizers i mean those guys do yep. an amazing job like you know that they just always throw with the punches don't they you know if it, they just make it happen which is brilliant yeah yeah for sure 
Now, we, we come in for the glory bits of watching a great race. Yeah. And, and, you know, these guys have been working for six, eight months of the year to try to get this thing together. Yeah, and yeah. And then get thrown a curveball by some big floods, you know. What, what do you do? Yeah, poor old farmers, mate, you know. <laughs> like, they try and organise a race <laughs> so that it's dry, and then they, they get that. But that that's the crazy part, man. Like, it, it's... That is that is off road racing, you know. There was a couple of years Gundy didn't run um, due to the weather, but I, I mean, also the other thing is, you know, the rain being out there. That's that's great for the farmers out there. So I mean, a, a huge shout out to the people that let us race on their property yeah. as well, you know. And I think it's probably just a shout out to if you're a spectator, if you're a fan, if you're at one of those events, man. If you can, whatever you cart in there, make sure you take it home because that's that's someone's livelihood, that's someone's property, and you know. If we're, you know, not cleaning up after ourselves, then we're, you know, not going to be allowed back on those land. And, um, yeah, and you know, every every bit of land that we race on, and you know, we're not lucky enough like America to have government owned land that we're um that that's managed by the government and allowed to race on. So we we always are racing on private property. So um, that's one of the things. That's right. Now, DC, I got to ask you a question here. This is a bit off the cuff. Yeah. What do you reckon Warren Luff thought? When he rocked up, and I mean, you know, this is a V8 supercar driver, you know, Triple Eight yep. Racing. He's, you know, he's he's done it all, yep. and he rocked up and he's rolling through scrutineering, and he looks over at someone says to him, "Oh, that Jeff Pickering, that's going to be your, your number one competitor." And you look over at Jeff, and you know, you think to yourself, "Well, I've raced Jamie Wincup, I've raced Gizzy, you know, I've raced Mark Scaife, I've raced all these people, and there's there's Jeff Pickering." You're probably thinking, "Hey, this is going to be just." Easy, easy peasy. But old Jeff, mate, that dude, he's got to yeah, be, so be close to 80. And, mate, he is still – I tell you what Jeff does love, and it is revving that little V6 in that uh, in that patch. And the air he got off that jump, like off the start yeah. line jump, crazy, man. Like, like yeah, if, if I was Warren Luff, I would have been very confused. But 14 time? class champion yeah I, I i stopped counting yeah it was 11 back a long time ago so yeah yes, yeah that's yes right and and, and yeah. no like once again we were talking about those battles of of shannon and and um dave fellows you know and bangers back like danny oric in there but like class seven man like clayton chapman come up through class seven and and him and yep. and pickering were battling so like class class seven was no joke like you had to you had to be going as fast as a class seven really could yeah. to be winning that championship. So that that's awesome, well, man. Like, you, think about, you think about how tough it is right now. Like you know, you've got a guy like Warren Luff and Wilkinshaw putting a race car in a big yeah. M rocket. If you guys don't know, Josh, the background there is that they were out there, you know, product developing and, and throwing out with their new Amarok that they're building and W five five zero. That's the 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 Amarok that they're selling to the public. Mm. Yeah, so obviously it's got all the safety gear and everything else on board, but you know they're putting their money where their mouth is and really working with that development. And yeah, it's super impressive, Josh. And again, that you know to go out there and race with class seven, you've got to beat the likes of Pickering, yeah. no joke, yep. Warren Luff, yep. no jo- you know, yeah. Jody Allen's been doing it for a while. There's a lot of yeah, yeah. dead set legend competitors. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like Jody Allen, like that uh, that shorty that she races. I mean, that thing is absolutely no joke. Now, the other mm. the other big event of the weekend was uh, Ryan Taylor. 
How good that up into yeah. second position in the Tatum. So great to see. Man, like we talk about, you know, no luck at all. You know, Ryan has had some fantastic runs, but hasn't had a lot of luck. You know, they had the get burned down and everything like that. Like, so just great to see the Taylors get a good run at what is essentially their home race, I, I guess. Like, Gundy's probably what they'd call their home race. But, you know, in Queensland and everything like that. So that's just great for Ryan. Ryan's a yeah. terrific bloke, a, a, a great driver, and has a lot of fun on a race weekend, which is, is what it's all about, really. So, uh, But what we're actually going to yeah. do is we're, uh, we're going to use a little bit of magic here. We're actually going to see... If we can get, here we go. If we can here get, here we go. Let's we can, see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. We are, we, like, we are, loose. we are dead set winging it. But we're going to see if we can get Ryan Taylor on the phone here. Is this going to be Corona? No fruit. I believe no fruit at all. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, what's going on, brother? Oh no! Oh no! What's going on, you animals? There was a podcast going on. There is. I need. I need in on this. There is a podcast. Yeah. So I about to be in the shower. Well, yeah. Well, that's. Let me tell you a great story. Let me tell you a great story about being in the shower. And funnily enough, funnily enough, it involves it involves you two guys. Not like that. Not like that. But was it a bus full of old people? Yeah. Well, it depends. You guys are pretty old, so yeah, it could be. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Actually, yay! Come on, come on. Now, so, so we, we thought no, we were. He was just talking you up about how well you did at St George. That's what uh, yeah, he was doing. so that's why she what we've been talking about. We're talking about St George. So we're just saying hats off, hats off to you guys. You're probably one of the teams we said at the moment that if you guys didn't have bad luck in the last two years, you would have had no luck at all. But, like, that's really got to feel like a, a monkey off your back with that Tatum. I mean, AK-47 is a hell of a car. So tell us a little bit about your weekend. Oh, mate, yeah, you sort of hit the nail on the head there, really. Um, yeah, it was uh, really good to finally get a, a result, which, um, you know, we, we knew we, we had in the, you know, in, in the arsenal there, but uh, with the car and, and everything. And, um, yeah, it was just really the, – the whole weekend was just um, – yeah, just seemed seem to. I wouldn't say go our way, but um, just had a a really good feel to it. Yeah, yeah. I, the word I'd probably use is just smooth, flawless, almost like it. It just like everyone has their little dramas at off road race, but it just seemed like every time we come over and had a quick chat to you in between races, like the car was good. Like that little water leak before Sunday morning, like uh, was it linked? The young fella picked it up, like before you even got out onto the track, like so there. It was just a few little things like the rub of the green went your way and, and you guys really took advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, you know, as we all know with racing, it can be like a, a $2 part that lets you down and, um, you know, like the car was, was good. But, yeah, like a, a little water leak that was picked up early, you know, that could have been an early end of the weekend. But, you know, it was it was picked up and, yeah, Link, Link um, caught it, which was awesome and, um, yeah, jumped straight on it. And, you know, that was pretty much the only spanner that we've, we turn on the car all weekend. So, uh, bad shout out to Foz there. Foz does all your prep for you guys as well. Like he's come on board. Like he's always been part of Team Taylor, I guess you'd say. But sounds like leading up to this year, he he's really put, or you guys have really got him involved a lot more to to help out with with Tatum. Yeah, but yeah, he, he's been part of the program, you know, full on, um, basically since you know twenty nineteen. 
uh, when we did the big build on on that car for um, for Fink. Um, but yeah, he's he's been involved in the team Taylor Cruz back since he was um, you know building the gearboxes for Dad um, in the race car and the and the and the old Custer shocks and and all that. So yeah, Foz's been around a, a long time, and um, you know we're, we're so lucky to have him um, on board as a full time. Um, you know, crew, and if it wasn't for him, you know, we wouldn't be presenting the cars to the racetrack, you know, like we are at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's a one thing I like about Foz is he's a um, he's a very cool customer as well. Like he he never seems razzled. He he never seems uh he never seems flustered. He just always sort of seems to methodically just work his way uh, his way through things. And one of the things I enjoy with Foz, and I tell you what, if, if we ever put Foz and Danny Curran in the uh, in the same room together, they are probably some of the biggest encyclopedias of off-road racing that I know, like get get together and talk it like, mate, at, after the race, I had a real good chat to Foz talking about the uh, the early Smith Fab trucks, uh, the Herbs four-wheel drive truck. Like the man's just an encyclopedia of off-road racing as, as well. So it's great that uh, he's on your team and everything like that. But, uh, mate, the other thing I noticed... Well, right. Oh, go just DC. Just a quick one. Foz would have been involved in one of your last podiums at uh, in an AIC, wouldn't he? It was the last podium that you did the one at um, Lockyer, and we rebuilt the gearbox. Foz was involved with that, building a fort in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, no, we. Um, I think we, it was the second gear we were having issues with in the four-speed Fortin, and uh, and yeah, yeah, Foz uh, again come to the rescue on a on a you know overnight rebuild on that box, and um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he was he was he was the man then. Nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed, mate. And he's, um, you know, you, you, you're okay with being the, the dumber guy in the room when when Foz is around. Yeah, for That's sure. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> now, we definitely need Fozzes. <laughs> now, RT, I heard a little rumor the other day <laughs> that we don't want our competitors to have any Fozzes around, mate. <laughs> copy, copy. Now, uh, mate, a little rumor I hear the other day is you actually. Uh, Swapped into the navigator seat for a little bit for that, and uh, your eldest child P took the wheel of one of the Team Taylor Polaris's and and went racing as that. So how was that uh, making the transition from driver to navigator? And then obviously I need a few of these tips, but uh, and then obviously trying to keep your daughter in line as well. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, look, it was probably one of the you know best weekends that you can have you know like you sort of you know step uh, aside and um you know let you let your kid take the wheel and um you know it was, it was a great weekend you know um clay and i were both privileged to that and um you know lincoln was uh steering him around and porsche was steering me around so it was a, it was a really good weekend um away yeah it, um, you know, it, it really doesn't get any better than, than that you know like it was just such a good weekend you know just no pressure, just nice and relaxed, and um, you know, just just getting you know going for a ride. So no it was good. <laughs> Very cool. <clears throat> now, mate, can you also tell me what's it? Um, you and me will bond over this. What's it like being the the more intelligent, more handsome um, younger brother oh, of the family? Here we go. Hey, hey, it's PG. It's hey. PG, mate. <laughs> We haven't decided if we're going to go the, for the uh, for the E on the podcast yet and make it explicit. So, But Clay, yeah, yeah. Might, Clay <laughs> may have just made that decision for us. Mate, it's, it's not Josh Rogan, is it? Copy, um, copy. Um, no, mate. mate yeah, hey, we, 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 we all know what it's like to be the youngest, say. Yeah, 
Well, we, we we were actually talking a little bit. We were actually talking a little bit earlier the other day or today, and um, we we actually said that we're a bit like the dynamic duo, except we're the speech and the spew, but we're a um we're we're a crime fighting duo, and yeah. um so Ryan yeah. gives the speeches, and then I just drink red Powerade and um disgust everyone into the cell. So as and simple you as that. Wave wave red rags out the window. Yes, 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 for sure. <laughs> Oh, gold. Yes, young Glad. fellas. This is this is what I put up with with younger brothers. <laughs> Just being second best your whole life. What? You, you, oh, you got to put up with Josh and me. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Clay well, th- gets it. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. We we appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your uh, your camping trip to talk to us. So thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on, mate. We we really appreciate. it. We'll let you get back to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the invite, Ryan, to the camping trip, mate. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Hey, mate, you, you don't need an invite, mate. Yeah, any time. <laughs> so fair. Hey, 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 we just got to line up next time in your poon that at least one of you guys are in town. Hey, I How was. I was. <laughs> I was there. I remember I, uh, being a good brother, I stayed late before I yeah. left Before I left to head out of town. But no. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I hope you're having a good, uh, good holiday, a bit of rest and relaxation. And sorry, mate, name on the entry list for round two now. Uh, the name is on the entries list, mate. Um, yeah, got that entry in uh, last week. Uh, didn't want to miss out, and um, it was a bit of a an unknown um, before St George. But um, yeah, given the results there, we uh, we couldn't say no. So we'll we'll um, we'll pack up, and um, everything's on track um, to to get there. So uh, yeah, it should be good. The car was was in good shape when it came out of St George, so not a lot needed to be done to it, and um, just a quick service and go over a few things. But um, yeah, we should be good to go. Awesome, bud. Beautiful. That's great news. Great news. Well, all the best, mate, and uh, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on. We'll probably have you on two or three times before we get any of those older brother jerks on. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Oh, so. Right uh, mate, oh, yeah, well, that, that'll probably rip on me for sure. So, uh, you know, <laughs> delay that as long as possible. Just make sure I'm only talking to Danny, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. Coffee. Oh, <laughs> hey, Clay, I'm happy with that, mate. <laughs> Very good. Well, well, thanks a lot, guys. Right. We appreciate you taking <laughs> a bit of time out of your holiday. Enjoy it. Uh, knock back at Captain Morgan. And uh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Happy cheers, Easter, legends. guys. Always See you guys. good. See you, boys. Gotcha. Bye. Yeah. Mate. Yeah, so that was uh, great there. So that is our second place uh, in the AORC, Ryan Taylor there. So uh, Ryan and um, had a great run there. So, yeah. yeah like did. It was great to see, no question. He had a few wild rides, typical <sighs> Ryan style, a big jump there at one stage, got real loose. Ask him about it, and he's like, no, it was all good. Just gathered it up and... He, he, you've navigated for him, Josh. You realise that that's his style, fast and loose. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry. I have had the pleasure of uh, sitting beside Ryan, um, 2013 and 2014. Uh, highs and lows, like you said, we had a couple of um, 2013 at Coffs. We AORC outright podium. Um, that was amazing. The guy drove fantastic. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. You don't have to worry about making Ryan go fast. It's uh, it, it's about making him remember the track. So, <laughs> but but a great dude, and never never ever had a bad weekend racing when uh, Ryan Taylor's there. So, or yeah. great to see that he's thrown his hat in the ring for round two. Um, yeah, 
mate, again, they're a family that have been racing a long time. You know, they've had a lot of success over the years, but, you know, they've never had that big one, have they? And, you know, it'd be great to see. And he's a guy that's capable of doing it. Like, he's so fast at Fink. That kid knows how to hold. I suppose we're all getting a little bit past kid stage now, aren't we, Josh? But, you know, he, he knows the throttle. He knows how to get it done. He's made some big moves, particularly. Here you go. If you want a betting tip, watch him on the way home. If that car, he's just had... We were talking about his luck before. It's just little things like last year he was on a mission, and I mean a mission running some times, and then like a V-band failed on a turbo, Josh. How many times does that happen? No, never, never. never. That's right. But That's this right, time yeah. it happens, and if it's going to happen, it seems to happen. I suppose it happens to all of us in off Yeah, Yeah, that's right. One, I mean, one name we haven't even touched on from there is at uh, St. George is Greg Gartner. Had a uh, awesome run going and then uh, developed fuel issues. Where? Hey, me, me boy Gigi, he's, hey, on, the, he's hey, on the cooler, mate. The onion farmer. I tell you what, that is where the term "give it the onions" came from. Someone seeing Greg Gartner driving that trophy truck, and uh, mate, super great stuff. But uh, yeah, had a fuel issue, and then um, and then uh, I believe they think it leaned out a little bit, and then has damaged the motor a little bit. They're saying so that's uh, pretty unfortunate. Wow. So then, um, you know, and then you just talk about Mister Consistency, Brett Kamiski coming through for the uh, the Class 4 win as well. So, I mean, that's – it's just such a stack. Like like I said, we, we've talked for a long time about St. George and, you know, we, we haven't really, you know, covered – Well, no. The other thing about St. George, Josh, is now you start to talk about Comiskey. We can't go anywhere without talking about Comiskey with new cars and all the new – you know, I suppose this first round has highlighted a lot of things that are going to happen. We did talk about Shannon's car and the interesting parts about that, but – Kamiski, he's in the old, um, well, it's actually, it's actually uh, Toby Price's old truck, isn't it? Yeah, so that's the uh, trophy truck that Corey Howe initially brought into, or had and was racing over in America, and then uh, TP brought it, brought it into Australia with a, a little bit of a damaged motor there, and then um, Paul Wheel, and now to Brett Kamiski. Is there an off-road race car that Brett Kamiski hasn't owned? Well, and that's where I was going, is, is PWR, like, Paul Wheel now has a new G6 geyser truck. It's on its way back for Fink. Um, there is a Mason two-wheel drive on its way over for Fink, so that's going to be interesting. There's also a four-wheel drive truck. Um, that's my understanding of what Smoothie is planning on doing next. So, you know, we're going to have a full-size four-wheel drive Mason trophy truck a la the 31, you know, Andy McMillan and, and Luke McMillan and all those boys that are racing. Uh, every McMillan? Sorry, mate. I said every McMillan is now racing a uh, That's right. has a exactly four drive racing. Right. I mean, they must be a heck of a thing. Like not to get sidetracked, but they must be a heck of a thing when um, Bryce Menzies has sold his the two million dollar machine. Cole Potts is now racing that and, and has a Mason. Like they must just yeah. be a heck of a heck of a truck. But does it work in Australia, Josh? Well. This is where we're going. Uh, like we talk a lot because this will be interesting, and this actually brings me back to a point I wanted to make about Shannon Ranch. And I've had these conversations with a number of off-roaders, including Kent Battle, and you know a number of guys that have been interesting in it. The thirty-five, thirty-seven. Now the guys will say, "Oh, the thirty-sevens make it that much better in the rough." Is there enough rough at Fink to warrant this? Are we going to get a guy? Heck, I'm going to call it. Toby Price, he's the fastest man in the desert, right? There's no question about that. That trophy truck is stonking. But if we get a guy like Shannon Wrench on a 35-inch tyre that's faster on the 
road sections, on the dirt sections, like, you know, a buggy that can do, let's not, we'll call a spade a spade. It'll do 260, I reckon. That's my guess. So if it does 260 and a trophy truck can't push past 25, 210, because of body panel, it's not horsepower. I'm, again, I'm, I'm throwing it out. This is the first podcast. Let's run it. Hot takes with it's, Danny Curran. Yeah. Like, you know, we're now talking about all of these cars have 800, 850, 900 out of an NAV8. I know they're high strung, but the turbo cars are high strung. You know, like, you, it's now come down to everyone wants these trophy trucks to push the, you know, these big motor issues. It's not a big motor issue. It's a big wind resistance issue. We're running speeds much faster than the guys in the trophy trucks were running it's starting to get much faster you know we've got these trucks now really moving with these big blocks and that i understand that but is a big truck going to run with the likes of josh howells shannon ranch those guys are fast hey imagine if jack Rhodes turns back up you know there's going to be some guys there and some names there with cars that are very fast my belief and now let me say toby price 87 he's an australian icon that guy's a legend but at the moment, what I see the biggest advantage as, Josh, is his track time. We were talking to him in 2013, 14, and he told us he was doing 8,000 kilometres on a motocross bike on those track pre-running per pre-run session. That's insanity. That kid probably has 100,000 kilometres on that track back when he was in his prime on a motorbike. That, uh, you know, tell me if I'm talking rubbish, Toby, but... What I see as the huge advantage is his ability to know where he is at any given time. We were lucky, Josh, the year that we spectated, we were sitting um, right pretty much where Toby passed Bo. And the difference there, because Bo is a hellman, let me preface it with that. If there's a dude that knows how to stand on the gas, it's the 413 Bo Robinson. You know what I mean? But then you see the difference between him Toby is not lifting for five dunes in a row. It does not happen. And that's because he knows where he is. He knows where he's passing in the dust. You know, everyone else that's done a couple of thousand kilometers total on this track, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? And we saw a change. Jack Rhodes was up there pre-running. Jack comes from a motorbike background. You know, we've seen the likes of, you know, many of them. I I believe Shannon Wrench was up there riding a dirt bike not so long ago. Or, Or, you know, one of those guys where they were just... It's all about logging kilometres on that track. And how do you catch up to Toby Price at the moment with that? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good question. I think if we knew the answer to that and could sell that to someone, it would be uh, worth a lot of money. But, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about well, track knowledge and the dude's a, a proper hell man as well. So, like, it's pretty much a perfect storm to be, you know, pretty competitive or almost unbeatable at Fink. But I, I think, like you said, you were talking about the tyre size issue, and, and it is going to be interesting. Are you going to start to see teams uh, rock up to Fink with, with two sets of tyres, you know, a couple of different sets of size, and they'll make a decision on what they will race on after they've gone out and done some pre-running? Yeah, because that's another interesting one, Josh. I suppose um, for people, if you're listening along at home and you're not, you know, you're a Fink fan, but you've never actually been out there, I'm not sure that a lot of people realise how much these tracks change year to year. You know, like we've been out there one year 
and there's been 90 kilometers, and I'm not even joking because we felt every one of them suckers, 90 kilometers of Bonduma whoops, and then they go through and service that bit of the track, and, you know, like it changes. You might only have 25, 30 kilometers of it, and that will obviously help the buggies, the less wheel travel. You know, these things are very fast in chop. Like if you're only talking like, you know, a couple of inch to, you know, a foot chop, those buggies will run through that as fast as any trophy truck alive. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, It'll be very interesting to see where this year goes because, oh, man, hey, again, first podcast, let's just roll it. The other thing is the rumor is that Toby Price's motor can only get fixed and serviced by Dugans. He came back from Dakar. Again, take this how you want it. The rumor on the street is that that motor had only left Australia to go back to America around St. George time. Is that a tight time frame with COVID and with transport and all the issues? I mean, we've got electrical supplies that take us months to get, used to take us a couple of days. Is that enough time? What's Toby do if that motor is not available on the way back? Yeah, it's a... It's am, a I throwing, am I throwing ideas out here? No, no, it's, a good, just, it's a good question. I mean, I, so to, 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 like you said, for the people at home that maybe don't understand, uh, there is a very very successful engine builder in the States by the name of uh, Dugans. And um, so that's who Toby's truck was built in America. And um, it had, they sent the Albans over there and then Dugans built the, um, the Chev for it and put it in. Uh, so I guess it's a tough question. Like, I mean, if you have a Dugans motor and you've got the money, why wouldn't you send it back to Dugans to, um, to, to get it serviced? It's, you know, he built the motor. He knows what's going on with it. He may, even have some idea of um, of what happened and, and why it failed at Fink this year and, and have an idea about what they need to do to prevent that from happening again. So, yeah, yeah, the, it, it, it is a tight time frame. Uh, when I sort of heard the story, I, I was very shocked. I, I actually believe that, that Toby was very shocked to get home from Dakar and see his motor still uh, sitting there on a pallet. So, um yeah, because yeah, I don't think we're telling any secrets here. Like, lots of people probably, if you're, again, listening at home and you don't know a lot about the Toby Price program, like, he's doing a lot of work on that trophy truck program himself. Red Bull is his motorbike deal, absolutely. He makes money and rides motorbikes, and he's successful at what he does. But, you know, there's times that I've had interactions with him, and he essentially told me that he was building wheel bearings for his guys. Or not building, but, you know, yeah, servicing and, servicing yep. and doing it because he was doing it himself after hours working on this truck. Now, it's obviously something he's passionate about and somewhere where it'll go further with him. You know, we've seen a lot of successful motorbike guys make the transition to Dakar cars, trophy trucks, you know, that style of thing. But it'll, it's interesting because, yeah, I, I'm not sure, you know, we probably have this perception that, you know, he has a, a 50-man trophy truck team behind him. That is not true. That kid is uh, spinning spanners and undoing bolts and pulling motors himself, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there, DC. Like, yeah, like you see the way that obviously um, his Red Bull KTM team role, like you said, with his racing motorbikes, and you, you probably, oh, excuse me, you probably just transition that directly over to his trophy truck program. But like you said, uh, I'm sure he probably does receive some sponsorship, but like most off-road racing teams, uh, I would say a lot of that budget, a lot of that budget comes out of that man's own pocket. And, and you're 100% right. He's super passionate about it. Um, yeah, he's getting in there working. If you follow him on Instagram or any of the socials, 
Uh, you see, he's just decked out his workshop with a um, with a heap of like CNC lays, and he, he's learning how to use all of that kind of stuff and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah, you you are right. Like you sort of have this perception mm. that he rolls in yeah. to think like, like a V eight supercar team, and fifty blokes get out, and they've you know you've got a yeah. wheelman, not Russell Mason, but you've got a wheelman. You know, there's a jack man, there's a, a motor guy, there's a gearbox guy, there's a guy that fills his water bottle for him. But, yeah, it's definitely not the case. So Yeah, yeah, no one gave him a trophy truck and no one yeah. gave him a motor. And, you know, it's, it's just Australian off-road motorsport isn't at that level. Like, you know, even down to American off-road motorsport isn't at that level. You know, a lot of the yeah. top guys that we interact with, Josh, they're not given a free ride. Like, Harley Lettner still spins spanners as a day job to make him go off-road racing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's exactly right. There, there is no real, uh, what would you say, externally sponsored team. Like, a, a lot of the teams, like McMillan with their realty and, and land development and stuff like that, or Potts with the casinos, uh, Herps with whatever the heck they do, let me know. I want to get in on that. Probably a bit late. Lots of petrol, mate. Petrol. <laughs> Gasoline. And, um, Gasoline. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a great point that you bring up there, DC, about, about you know, essentially they are, in the world of motorsport, everyone in off-road racing is still what we would call a privateer. Privateer, all of them. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's an interesting concept because, again, you know, like it, it, he goes through the ups and downs of off-road racing just like the rest of us, you know. I'm sure when he's, uh, you know, expensive i don't want to throw money numbers out there but he when he's expensive motor pops that's disheartening because that's out of his wallet you know well like you said if you do follow him on socials i did see that he uh he did put up a post the other day uh he's currently just gone back to america and he is flying economy class because he just brought a new transporter and uh i believe the caption was when you buy that new truck and you've got to make the budget work so yeah i I mean yep yep, he's just he's an everyday aussie and, uh, yeah. and he's a good bloke, Josh. Yeah. That's the best thing. Yeah. If anyone's ever had any interaction with Toby Price, you couldn't say a bad word because I tell you what, he is just a stand-up bloke that just likes off-road racing. Always has time for everyone. Throttle. Yeah, always has time for everyone, which is, is great. Like you said, twisting that throttle. Um, and, and honestly, that's where we first knew Toby Price was through motorbikes. Like, yeah, so... But yeah, a, a stand-up guy, a good bloke, and um, hopefully, man, that Dugans is uh, is back before Fink and and in that truck because I, I guess you say too, like uh, all the boys, like Howls and and Shannon and that they they don't want to be gifted a win, you know what I mean? That they actually right. want to go out there and they want to race against the best, and, and they want. But wanna... I suppose when you look at it like that too, Josh, even if Toby's there, there's twenty blokes there that could win. Like, there's a lot of people, like, again, we've got OBR and the new two-wheel drive Mason truck. You know, that's going to be very interesting. We've got Smoothie in a four-wheel drive truck. We've got Shannon in his new Jimco. We've got the, you know, Josh Howells is dead set on fire at the moment. That kid, you know, again, I know that they haven't said that he's last year, but that guy deserves the number one plate on his roof. He was last year's Australian champ, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 100%. I, I do agree. Yeah, yeah. He turned like, up to the races and he won the most points. That makes you the champ. That's how I look at it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree. And and that. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't mean in saying it's not a race if you if Toby's not there. That's uh, mm. uh that's definitely oh, but not I understand what I mean. exactly yep. what you're saying. It, it's definitely as far as the spectators see, they see it as 
Toby Price's race to win, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And, and mate, I can't wait because, again, there's so many good cars and so many guys that, are, again, I can just list them. Like, Greg Gartner's going to be there. Heck yeah. Billy Getty's going to be yep. there. You know, and that's, hey, mate, that's the slow trophy truck class. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. Don't lynch me. But anyway, the moral of the story is... Dead current official if you want to send hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the moral of the story is that it's going to be a very interesting race. It always is, I think. It gets my blood pumping, and that's that's why it's the race. I mean, the flip side of that is that what makes Fink so amazing, Josh, is that the everyday Joe really does know about Fink now, don't they? Like, you know, we've got a lot of great races. If, if you, Again, if you're learning about off-road racing, we keep talking about the Don River Dash. We talk keep talking about Gunda Windy. You know, there's there's a absolute plethora of off-road races that are brilliant, but Fink's the one now that has gained some serious traction, and I think it's the one that if you talk to the Winch Challenge boys, if you talk to the Ultra Fours, if you talk to the people in America, like how many people when we were over in America, Josh, and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Fink one day. Yeah. You know, they know it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It's just that traction. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a few things that probably – Put, put it on the map a bit, but um, we'll uh, we'll probably go into Fink a little bit uh, later on as we get closer closer to Fink. But yeah, definitely, it's uh, it's a heck of a race, and and it's going to be. What are we we're doing a Fink special, Josh. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. We'll do a Fink, we'll do a Fink special. There's so much you could talk about with Fink, the bikes, um, and the cars. So we'll do a bit of a uh, do a bit of a preview to that, and um, and we'll um, we'll also. Do a bit of a special for Fink, I reckon. I reckon we could. I could talk about Fink for hours. So we better move on before we uh, before we take up Lose all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy. So uh, this episode, we're just going to stick to probably the two big hitters. We will cover more local races as well, but we're just going to stick to the two big hitters, which was the the other event that just recently happened was the ARB Big Desert Four Eighty. So uh, yeah, heck of a race. The first round of the ARB Off Road Racing Championship. And, um, mate, Freddie Martin in that little pro-light Jimco. Mate, he's unbelievable and has been for a lot of years. Like The whole that, family. I mean, obviously, Craig Martin as your dad. You, like, you've got pedigree. Like, they're not strangers. They've all had the motorbike background. You know, they've been brought up the right way and racing off-road cars. They're, they're talented, you know. Yeah. Dale's been around for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, Brady, obviously, as well. Yeah, 100%. Well, Dale um, and Brady were battling it out, you know what I mean? Like, they were, they were yeah. battling it out, I believe, lap four. Uh, Brady dropped out. No, sorry, Dale dropped out with some some fuel issues. So whether that's a fuel pump or whether they had a, a block filter or something like that. But, uh, I mean, that and the crazy part is, is that's two little Pro-Lights. That's a, a Jimco Pro-Light and a Tatum Pro-Light mm. as well that was uh, that was battling it out at the, the front of the pack. And I tell you what, I've seen some of the... Um, the YouTube clips and the the Instagram stuff that's been popping up. I see Danny Brown who uh, had his new unlimited Lumi there with the twin turbo V6. I've seen some of those videos he put up. Uh, I think he just released a bit of a, a wrap up today, a two and a half minute clip on his socials. So uh, if you're on Instagram or anything like that, check out out Danny Brown's Instagram. You'll see a bit of stuff there. Always puts up good videos, Josh. Always excellent coverage. I mean, Danny Brown, he's been around another one racing a long time. Um, and he's talented, mate. Like the car's good, the new car's brilliant. Yeah, it goes through the rough, and it's just great to see these guys putting out fantastic clips that you can watch and enjoy. Yeah, and it just brings the uh, the average Joe a little bit closer 
to, to get to see it. You know, if you are half on the fence and you think, oh, I'd be interested in going to see that. Like, I mean, for us back in the year, it was, was it 2008 that or 2007, Dust had come out. Like, that was the one for us where, like, man, we need to, like, put the effort in and get down to Gundy and, and mm-hmm. we need to get out to Fink, like, and, and make sure that we check out these races. So it's super awesome. Like, you know, Dusted was like a full DVD production. It was like an hour, hour and a bit long. Uh, it was feature. Video. It was a feature Yeah, movie. it was a feature film. That's yeah. probably the right way. Whereas that's if one of the great things the about social. grab a DVD, if you've got the chance to find one of those, grab it and have a watch because I tell you what, it's got some absolute perla. Oh, T-butts. Wait, the man is just. A maniac talent. behind the camera. Behind the maniac. camera. Yeah, Complete yeah. talent. So then third is uh, Jason Richards in that little single site, single seat Shenworth. So, mate, hell of a drive there. So it's ProLite's, uh, what's that, first and third at AIB. And then um, also top five at, uh, well, and then there's a couple, you know, like at, at the um, at AIC round one as well because we, didn't mention, like, just to drop back a little bit, but Ali Howes did a great job as well. So that's that's two pro lights in the top ten, and then now we've got two pro lights in the in the top five as well. So, like, man, the little little pro light cars—they're getting on top of their suspension, lightweight, and they are just they are whoop skipping as well while they're getting amongst it. And then uh, Brad Chasemore as well in the um, in his V8 Jimco as well. So he uh, in the ten tenths motorsport rig, he did a great job as well. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Listen, there was some divide early on with this ARB versus AORC thing, but I think it's really settled down now, and it gives yeah. a lot of races a lot of opportunity to pick and choose the way they want to race and how they want to fit into the Australian rounds that they're doing. It, it's really turned out very well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. More, yeah, like you said, there was a little bit of division to start off with, but I, I, I think that's fallen by the the wayside, there might be a few people that are still maybe holding a grudge, and and, and that's cool. Like, you know, yeah. pour a little out for the homies and stuff like that. But, uh, it, mate, the end of the day, what it's seen is more Australian level rounds appear in Australia, and that's only a good thing for off road racing. You that's know right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five and five of the ten, you know top level races racing. It, it's good for all of us, you know, particularly when a lot of us picked and choose what we wanted to race anyway, you know, like we were always of the opinion that, you know, if we could do Gundy Fink and, you know, like a, a, a good race up north, yeah, like a Don River or something like that, that suited us. It, it suited our timeline. It suited, And I think there's a lot of people that are like that. You know, if you're coming out of Victoria and, and the ARB suits you a little bit more with Gundy and, you know, add in sort of thing, that suits you a bit more than the full AORC round. You know, there's a lot of people, uh, they're cooked, but there's a lot of people that aren't as interested in thinking, you know, the logistics of think, you know. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to find a, a race and a series that suits you or just pick and choose, it, it's good for everyone. Off-road racing is um, thriving, which is interesting because we did have a lull, didn't we, Josh? Like we were talking about it the other day. COVID came along and it seemed like no one was building cars. It seemed like no one was really interested in racing. And now you started looking again and, and 2022 is really come around with a vengeance and we're back at full level races awesome cars you know stuff flying in and out of the states and coming over it's starting to really heat up again which is great and to be dead set honest if you've been around the off-road racing scene for a while these peaks and troughs do happen a little bit hey you know the new blood comes in and there's this bit of a 
bit of a wave, and and that's what we're seeing at a lot. You know, at the moment we've got a lot of very talented, uh, you know, younger generation racers that have come along, and they're setting the bar bar high. Yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, hundred percent. And probably what you're going to see a bit now too is. I don't know if this is true or not, but like uh, when Smoothie gets his new Mason, is he going to sell the geyser on? So there's, you know, a secondhand truck that, that someone else can jump in and get racing. And then, you know, like rather than just being Smoothie, now we've got Smoothie and his new Mason and then, you know, the, the, the geezer out there racing as well, you know, so like. And I mean, Josh, that'd be a great pickup because oh, that truck is not very old at all. Like it's a good truck, so. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a few things sitting in sheds that it'd be very nice to get your hands on and get competitive, because you know there's a few trucks out there and a, and a few really nice pro buggies. Actually, well, well, sorry, yeah. I'm going a little bit off topic, but did you notice the other day, young Mikey Zacker, Mike Shocktrop, he started a bit of a conversation on one of the Facebook posts, and it was about getting a beam car class going again. You know, getting yes. it cranked up. Yes, and and there was a lot of support to support get a lot it. of these. You know, there's a lot of '80s, '90s cars sitting in sheds, and because they're not, you know, competitive anymore, they've sort of dropped off the wayside. 100%. But you know, much like 1652 was back in the day, and you know, Rob McCachran and Luke McMillan and all of those guys come out of that style of racing yep. to go back to a you know, a limited style bean class car and, you know, it can get the average Joe back in and racing and, and a lot of these cars out of sheds. Oh, I agree. I'm a hundred percent all about it. I think it would be fantastic. I mean, people probably stress and say like, there's already a lot of classes, but I think probably like if you break it down into heck, even if you just make a beam car class car, uh, a mm. beam, yeah, a beam car class, and maybe mm. just split it into like naturally aspirated and turboed or something like that, or you know, like like we can I you know you can use the old icrometer and work out who's got a lot of horsepower and who doesn't, and maybe just split them off that, and you know because they're not racing for sheep stations, but it would be great to get the cars out there and racing again. I, I think you're right; it would be super awesome because you know, like it only helps more money for the clubs. You know, if you get an extra ten. 15 competitors, more money at the clubs. It only brings more people to the races, you know, family, friends, everything like that. And then, you know, the Rotary Club's there and they're selling burgers and chips and then it puts more money into the community. There's more fuel. There's people out buying food, drinks, alcohol, fuel, chockies, you know, everything like that. And I think the more people we can get at races, the the better. And I really don't care about classes. I think if we've got 15 classes, who cares? Like, really, everyone wants to, well... I suppose I'm just once again talking about my personal opinion is you want to test yourself. You want to race against the fast guys and it doesn't matter whether they're in a, a Can-Am, a Trike, a pro Light, a Super 1650, uh, a Class 10. Heck, man, like uh, David Middlemas was at the uh, Big Desert 480 and finished eighth in his Class That's 10. And, and and those are the kind of guys you want to race. Like, yeah. you, you you know, he he... You know, he'd be stoked that he's up. He wouldn't be telling people, well, he'd, he'd mention it, I won class, but what he'd really be talking about is, man, and I finished eighth overall. Like, yeah. And, and that's all, like, that's really what we're talking about is he finished eighth overall. So that's that that's awesome, man. Like, so I agree with Mikey Zacker. I think we should yeah. definitely get him out there and get him racing. Yeah, more cars racing, the better. 100%. Now, we're going to take a little bit of a turn and start to talk about Something a little bit different, off-road racing. Obviously, that's primary where DC and I spend a lot of our time. Um, 
but we're going to talk about a bit of Ultra 4 racing in Australia. Just recently, the uh, Ultra 4 Australia All-Metal Magic was held um, yeah. at Cheriba Resort, which is about 24... I didn't even know it existed until this race, until it was uh, 25 minutes out of Warwick. Oh, that's good. Yeah, unreal. Because, again, that gets us back to where we were talking about before. Land Cruise Mountain Park, obviously, its normal home is no longer available. It's now a camping reserve, which I can appreciate. Yeah, that's right. So they had to uh, – I actually think this was scheduled to be at Cheriba Resort right. for the first round. Um, gotcha. But the guys do an awesome job, man. Like, it, it's such a, a top-notch event. I did see on the socials old uh, Ben Napier, BN Motorsports, was there racing a uh, side-by-side. He did pretty well. He won his class. But uh, that's a guy that's been over and competed at uh, King of the Hammers in his um, – in his Ultra 4 panel, panel fab. Yeah, yep. he had a panel. He was yep. one of the first that really went hard, went to a panel, which is like a Class 1 builder, and they built a truly Class 1-style off-road race, four-wheel drive. Yep. Very impressive bit of kit. Yep. Big motor, didn't really suit Australian conditions, but it was over here, and then it went back, and, and they've sold it over there. Yep, yep. So, uh, And he was saying what a great time he had. Been a, been a while since he's been back behind the wheel uh, racing Ultra 4. But um, yeah, he was saying had a um, had a great time doing it. So a couple of different classes that they run there at the Ultra Four. So they've got a UTV class, um, which is obviously side by side. So a um, bit different off road racing. Obviously, these guys would be looking more at a bit of ground clearance, bigger tires. I think um, some of them are even running. 33s, 35s. I think BF make a relatively lightweight 35 that's quite skinny that uh, that can go on them. They've got winches, stuff like that. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, and then they have a modified well, class. Ben's, oh. Ben's tied up with the Solve guys, isn't he? Like Nick there at Solve and, and Ben's um, involved with that company as well as a business owner. So, you know, they'd be running a lot of the Solve parts and, and BF Goodrich, like you said. So, yeah, interesting to see those guys racing. And, again, there's a lot of cool cars out there now, Josh. Like, a lot of guys, this is cool because whilst there is a couple of, let's say, high-end builds in there, there's a lot of guys that have shed built. You know, you were able to buy goat packages and, you know, there's a lot of LS-powered cars and, and Jimmy builds and those sort of things. You could buy bomber chassis back in the day and, and just frame them up. It, it's interesting because there's a lot of cars now that have been built um, you know, in Australian garages that are racing in this Ultra 4. It's, it's awesome. It's a true grassroots sport. They're still, you know, wheeling and high-fiving each other at the end of the day. They're running through rocks. They're doing a lot, and they're doing a lot of kilometres now because this is probably something that, you know, again, we talk about how it's it's, it's evolved, like the off-road racing. A lot of guys have come from, say, winch challenges or rock crawling into this style of sport because you get those kilometers in, don't you? You know, they're doing three or 400 kilometers a weekend. Whereas if you build a rock crawling buggy and now just clarify, we love that too. But the difference is you might do 15 stages and move a total of one kilometer for the whole weekend. That's a bit different, you know, like, and whilst it's fun and it's technical and it's, it's very, you know, uh, team involved, like, a lot of these guys now are getting the, well, we just want to do 400 kilometers in a weekend and have a hoot. And you just like, mate, after a hundred Ks, you just get in that zone, don't you? Where you just know what you're doing. You know where you go and you, you, you're at one with the car. You've synced up. It's, it's just a bunch of fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, sorry, I was just on their website having a quick look. I believe uh, 325 kilometres for the, for the weekend. Go. So yeah, yeah. A, a great. And it's run by the guys in there. I mean, um, yeah, there's, there's a good group, a bunch. They sort of um, move between each other. Like, I mean, Ben English was involved in that. Matt Gillette was involved in that. Yep. You know, some of those guys have got newborns and whatnot. They've had to move in and out of. But it's it's a core cool group of mates that do that Ultra 4. Yeah, and they're also uh, competitors too at, at some That's point right. in time. If they're not organising the race, they will compete in it. So, and uh, I guess... Competitors make awesome event organizers. Well, they make awesome tracks, anyhow. Whether they're the best event organizers, I'm not 100 percent sure. But so, just also have, having a little bit of a look online uh, at their classes, just so we understand a little bit, so we get the right information out there for the people that are interested. But UTV class, it must utilize the stock chassis and uh, maintain a stock appearance, and it's a maximum engine dipl- displacement of 1100. I wonder if they'll. Um, I wonder if they'll change that a little bit with those new Polaris's coming in. Uh, yeah. Two point two. Yeah, two liters. Two liter, two liter with a uh, with a manual box. So that's pretty cool, Polaris. Yeah, that's stepping up cool. the game. Yep. Uh, so yeah. then the oh, other, yes. I was just going to say that's one of the big things about side by sides at the moment. Man, it is a fast evolution from say two thousand and fourteen, Josh, when they were bringing out nine hundred XPs. And, you know, like with these razors, and they were a good thing. I'm not trying to knock them. I'm just merely saying that compared to where we are now, every year they have set the bar higher. Like it's two years between model jumps, you know, where really with the off-road racing thing, I'm not being smart, but we're racing a chassis that, you know, the 2000 series came out for Jimco in the early 2000s, maybe even a little bit earlier. And it's, it's essentially, I don't want to say I know that they've had a lot of updates, but you know what I mean? Like a trophy truck now is still a trophy truck. They haven't changed a whole ton. Yeah. I know that the manufacturers wouldn't like to say that, but it's little tweaks. You know, they're, they're doing these. Whereas now a 900 to a new Polaris R, they're not even in the same league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you I you can't, can't race an old Polaris against a new Polaris. No, no, I can't even think I could fathom how how slow a 900 would be. But that, that was cutting edge technology. But I guess that's where a lot of... You know, manufacturers have. It's kind of like uh, Fox. You know, Fox Shocks getting into mountain bikes and stuff like that. Like a lot of money for their R and D um, was funded by things like that. So you know, they've, the side by sides are a bit of a. You know, they're an everyman. You know, you got dudes like Ronnie Ranner. You know, he puts a lot of stuff out there with his Polaris and stuff like that. So the amount of research and development that goes on with these things is just exponential compared to say a Jimco or uh you know a Mason all-wheel drive there's 14 of them in existence versus how many Polaris's would be out there like there'd, there'd yep. be a lot so I, I guess that's one of the mm. one of the cool things and and you know that sport's only going to continue to to grow and grow the with the UTVs and stuff and, and cool to see them you know a different use for them and that's probably something pretty cool you could do like you could buy a side-by-side and Maybe, you know, if you got on top of, you know, you had a good suspension guy or something like that, you could race it one weekend at St. George and then, you know, bolt the winch back onto it and um, put some different tyres, maybe, uh, you know, and, and make a few slight changes to it, bolt a winch in and stuff like that, and then be able to go to uh, the Ultra 4 Australia events and, and do some well, racing Josh, as well. They're even driving those things up to Cape York now, you know? Yeah, yeah, so true. You can, there's, those are a true multi-purpose, multi-fun you know, you can wheel around the farm and then drive it and race it. And, yeah, they're, they're, 
it's definitely a positive to go that way. And I, I believe we're going to get a lot of very talented young people racing in the future out of that class. Already a lot of talented young people racing in very it true. right now. Right now. Well, look like Toby Waitley. You know, he came yes. out of a side by side into that truck and just is monstering it. So that that's pretty cool. So then the the other classes, there's there's four classes in total. There's also modified class, which is a, a stock body and chassis, uh, and modifications are permitted but must preserve the original look of the car. The, the realm of the GQ, my friend. Hundred percent, man. Well, actually, it, bro, it's so funny you say that. Um, because you can't see the computer I'm looking on, but the vehicle that they are using for modified class is a GQ. So it's gold that you say yeah, that. It is. It's gold that you say yeah, that. It's, it's actually Swamp Donkeys. It's Mark Thomas. So Very cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, and then we have the Ultra 4 Limited class, which is uh, it can have a 3.9-litre V6 or a 4-litre, uh, no forced induction on a motor greater than 2 litres, and um, other than that, the chassis can be modified. And then we go to the big dogs, which is... So essentially, you uh, Ultra 4 Unlimited. Uh, these cars are not limited on tyre size, engine, or chassis design. So these things are totally unlimited, which is pretty cool. I, I, I think the... Um, man, I've gone totally blank. But when I say it, is it uh, Superior? I think they've got an Ultra 4 with a supercharged 427 cube ls in it like what yeah, the heck cool. man like that's yeah 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 that that's super impressive so you'd say Ultra Four. It, it's a jimmy's frame and it was a car that they bought over and that the, now they've had to do a lot to it i know to and this is something else that we talk about a lot is that uh you know between us and our mates is you know the one car suits all just because it's done really well in america with that driver doesn't necessarily mean that it's what you want everyone likes their car different like you know some cars that are you know their suspension set setups are super stiff or super whatever it may be you know doesn't suit the next guy they like they like a car that can go through the big rough stuff and they'll they'll deal with the fact that it doesn't turn corners. You know, it's very interesting because, again, they did a lot of work to that. I would think that that car's not much more than the diffs and chassis left. Yeah. Uh, they've changed shocks. They've changed motor. They've changed, you know, he did a lot of work to that. Um, and, and, again, it's superior. Hey, mate, he's the right guy to be in that. He can manufacture parts. He can do lots of things. So, Yeah, yeah. So sort of the way you'd probably describe those two classes there is a lot like uh... – Pro Light or Class One and and Unlimited, so they yeah, so the right. chassis suspension wise, you can go you can go nuts, but it's just sort of your motor. So that's great. Hopefully, we can uh, over in the future gather a bit more information about these Ultra Four races. It's something uh, we've actually been to a couple in the in the early days. It started in two thousand and fourteen. We got to a couple of events early on and, and able to commentate. And then, uh, like you said, as we got a bit older. Worked a bit more, family, stuff like that. We haven't been back, but it is definitely something that we would love to do. I reckon I reckon Ben will take a FaceTime call. He'll, he'll, 100% he will. English. 100% he will. So add it to the calendar there. So at Charaba Resort again, round two is the 27th and 29th of May. So if you're out there listening and you're not far from Warwick or you want to go and check out some of these rigs because they are cool, jump online. Their, um, their website is ultra4australia.com.au. And uh, and check out their events. It's actually a really good website. I've just I've just decided to surf it now. There's 
info about the drivers, there's info about the events, different classes, stuff like that. So, like, shout out to those guys. They are really doing mm. a good job. Hey, so now we were talking about GQs. Now, DC, if you're in central Queensland on the weekend and you owned a GQ, did you just throw something off the table then? I did. Okay. Off the table. Okay. Okay. If you owned a GQ, there was a little event you called were. At. Rocky Nat. Now, hats off to the Stockers with Lockers guys. They did a uh, awesome job of promoting four-wheel drives at the event, and they actually got their own little section. I believe there was 25, 30, 35 four-wheel drives there, but uh, I'm going to say there was a fair, fair lineup of GQs and GUs. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It was it was amazing. And again, I suppose that's the power of social media these days. We get to keep up with all of that stuff. You know, it was a great event. Obviously, it's a streetcar event primarily, but you know, all the all the the big names were there. Sam Isles was there with his big Duramax GU, and and um, Russell Mason was there. Sam was there. Mini Russ, uh, you know, Nick Hogg from Pig Motorsport was there. His GQ Shorty, it's a manual stick five seven with a turbo, rattled off seven hundred horsepower on a dyno. Yeah, higher. Yeah. And uh, ran in the street drags. Now, unfortunately, from what I see on, you know, Instagram, again, that's the uh, Pig Motorsport guys. He was unfortunately knocked out in the first round of eliminations, made it all the way through to qualifying, went through the qualifying and that. But, you know, again, I've I got to be honest, it's only just happened on Easter weekend. It would have happened today. We're recording on Sunday. But, um, yeah, the, those guys were running. I saw a couple of really fast, dark-coloured GQ shorties. I... I don't want to hazard a guess which one it was, but they were definitely moving. And uh, Mason was running on E85 and had his thing hotted up. No doubt it broke oh, a couple hey, of rockers on the way through. He switched to E85. Yes. Russell Mason is paying for E85. Oh, someone would no have cap. given it to him. Or he no found cap. a drum of it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, cool. Am I using that right? No cap? Did I use that right? Oh, you're telling the story, big dog. Okay. I don't know. You, hey, you talked me I about this. Tell you is that it was a good weekend for four wheel drives. Yes. You mentioned Swamp Donkeys before. They were actually um, out and about driving their big uh, winch challenge truck down, and, and so was uh, uh, Pink Truck Racing, Carl Johansson. So those guys were all out because, like you said, it was a it was a fair turnout of four wheel drives. Yes, there was a ton of other rigs around. Yeah, definitely, and uh, not really a four-wheel drive, but uh, Dave Casey did have the V8 Super Ute there as well. So, which is yeah. uh, which is which is pretty cool. It's a LS-powered um, dual cab Ute, so that he races in the uh, series, the Super Ute series. So that that's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I think like you said, man, like Central Queensland is an absolute haven for massive horsepower four-wheel drives. Like you said, there's turbo LSs. Twin turbo 4.5s with 4.8 cranks and stuff like that that are making bulk horsepower. Uh, Barra swaps, you know, into GUs, GQs. It's um, it, it's pretty impressive. There is a, a lot of horsepower in four wheel drives that is uh that is getting around around Central Queensland. Yeah, yeah that's right. They're they're definitely impressive because these guys were beating a lot of the tough muscle cars. So. Yeah. You know, they're no joke at the moment. And there was a ton of them. I believe that there was like come and swap GU. And yes. so if you're down at, at, at Rocky Nats and uh, yeah. yeah, want to give us some info. Yeah, absolutely. What absolutely. was the story, Josh? Where you want, they're going to get at you at josh at cqeservices.com.au? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So josh at cqeservices.com. 
au. So send us through anything you'd like us to cover on the uh, on the podcast or, or, or anything like that. Um, we'll look at, like I said, this is only our first attempt. We just, we're diving in, feed in the water, and we, we wanted to get it out there yeah. and, and get it happening, but we'll probably get a specific email going and, and stuff like that. But our, our goal is to cover anything like and it doesn't have to be dirt like if it's a four-wheel drive on asphalt if someone's doing something cool i remember those videos uh, a little while ago greg gartner went and did a hill climb in his trophy truck like we want to know about it we want to talk about it even if you can shoot us a quick video i'm sure there's a way we can uh, get it up onto our youtube as well as that so um New, new car builds, really yeah. anything, hey? Absolutely. If you want to be a, a guest on the show, if you want to be a if you want to be a dirt bags, that's what we're we're calling ourselves here. If you want to be a, a dirt bags, uh, you can get in contact with us as well. So uh, just to wrap up the show, DC, I want to play one little game with you. How do you feel? Sorry, mate, I missed that. Say it again. One little game. One little game. It's a, it's a little game. You, oh, you I, I called you out before. I said I said you're a bit of a uh, encyclopedia oh, of no, off road race cars. So I'm going to put you to test, and uh, I'm going to call it name that car. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. We've got intro music. Race Who car. Was that not magical or what? So the idea behind oh, this DC, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, you should be. You should be. I put a lot of effort in. You know what? Actually, just in case you missed it, I'm going to play it one more time. Yeah, That's how good it is. Yeah, yeah, they want to know. Race car. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Did you miss that the first time? See, yeah, man, I put yeah. so much effort into this. This is this is uh, yeah. this is where we're going. So what I'm going to do is I have a couple of sounds of race cars recorded into the desk. And we're going to play him for Danny Curran, and we're going to see if he can guess who they are. So, first cab off the... Do you, do you want a hint, or are you just going to go for it? No, oh, stuff it. You just go, go for it. it. You, you're the man. Righto. First cab off the rank. Righto. Can I, I, I want a hint. Narrow down. It's pro buggy, isn't it? It is a pro buggy. Yes. I'm going to guess by that sweet, sweet sound. I reckon it's got to be a high pitch V8. It's got to be eight into one. No. Oh. Oh, see, yeah, that. I, I mean, I do rate myself pretty good, but I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. So no, not an eight into one. No. Would you like to hear it again? Uh, yeah, one, why more, not? one more time, right? That's a hard one, young fella, but I'm going to guess. So you were on the you, you were on the right path when you said high revving. So while the LS yeah. in the Jimco sounded like it was high revving, it was only about 72, 7300. Um, it was yep. just that 8 into 1 that gave it a a good note. But yes, high revving, naturally aspirated V eight yeah, in a yeah. pro buggy. So listen, I, I mean, uh, I'm not helping you because it's a bit hard. But I'm going to go. Can I have three guesses? It's either Talbot Cox, it's Mick Marson, or I'm going with Andy Brown as my Ooh, third guess. Oh, that's a good one. BK fifty six. Uh so I'll narrow it down again. North Queensland. 
So your first two guesses are semi-correct. But yes, you look, you nailed it. It's right. It's uh, the one, the only, the nicest guy in off-road racing, Mick Marson, in that there you go. JB Ford. That thing is super duper. So Yeah, let's let's be honest. There's only so many cars that make that sort of sound. Oh, it, it's yeah. an impressive bit of gear. Hundred percent. Gives me tingles every time. I've yeah. been listening to that car since the moment he uh he got it running and it uh it still man, it just gives me goosebumps. So we'll give you one more opportunity. I've got I've actually got four in here, but we're just gonna cut it a little bit short. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity to redeem yourself. Yes. And uh we're gonna go from here. Probably so like a bit hard through the old Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm Probably a bit easier if you if we were in studio together and you had the headphones. But so we'll give you one more go and um don't jump in too early on this. I'll give you a hint early. Don't jump in too early. There is a distinguishing feature in this that I think you'll get it. Gotcha. That's a super foot pump right there. Yes, yes. I know exactly where this is going. That's got to be Harley Lettner. Ding, ding, ding. 100% correct. Well done, Danny Curran. Well done. What a great sound of motor in that one, though, too. Oh, that Joe Gibbs motor. Is that Gibbs? Yes, yes. Joe Gibbs. Now, hey, I tell you what. Once again, a man that is always a little bit innovative and thinking outside the box, those concrete motorsport boys. With the uh, with Joe Gibbs, Andy McMillan making the switch over to Joe Gibbs as well. So uh, yeah, very interesting. Gibbs, I mean, well known in NASCAR and now getting involved in off road racing. So that is yeah. super cool. Well, Danny Curran, I appreciate you uh, phoning in tonight and uh, and no and, and uh, jumping on board. Oh, it's been a pleasure, man. I love getting to talk off road racing. Do this in the studio, hundred percent, man. I love getting to talk off road racing. I love getting to talk about anything that is dirt involved, four-wheel drive involved, everything like that. So it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, before you go, give yourself a quick plug, your social media, your Instagram, where do people follow along? Yeah, as an overall, it's at Off-Road Cartel. I mean, we've always got stuff on on those pages, but my personal one's at Dan Curran Official, bit of a G-up joke. But anyway, that's what it is. You'll find us on Instagram and obviously on Facebook, Danny Curran. And then, Josh, what about you, mate? Yeah, so I keep it uh, pretty simple. Like you said, Off-Road Cartel. And then it is for my personal, Josh Curran 41 at Instagram. So uh, jump on board there and, and give us a bit of a follow. We'll get some stuff going for the podcast on there for sure. Um, so yeah, don't... Tell, tell us what you want to talk about. Hey, Josh, we're, yeah, we're 100%. open to all things. We, we love, are men we of the people. Bikes. We love... Dakar, we're, we are we're fairly around most forms of off-road motorsport and motorsport in general. We've been around for a long time loving this stuff up. So, again, sorry I'm boring you that much, Josh. But anyway, oh, look at him go. He's on the hey, socials We were right talking now. about socials, so I thought I'd better. Oh, look at him go. But the moral of the story is that we love all of this stuff. So, you know, if you want us to cover a specific event or 100%, something, or call 100%. in, you've got something going on, you've got something cool, Hit us up. We're keen. We're going to try to do this weekly, punch out a weekly podcast. And, and again, it's all about you guys, information, new yep. cars. We'll do a lot of information. We'll try to get some really cool people on board, 
and uh, and let's crank it along because it's been a little while. I know there's a number of shows around, but we're going to try to get it a little bit more interactive, yes. a little bit more about you guys and, and yep. keep that cranking. Yeah, and hey, shout out to uh, Toby Cooper, the boys at Frogs Hollow TV. I watched episode 11 just the other day when it was released. Guys doing a great job, getting plenty of footage and 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 yep. we're all about it, man. The more that we can get our our socials happening, off road racing in the media on YouTube, out and about, it is good for the sport. So a mad shout out to uh, to Toby and the uh, and Wheelie down there at Frogs Hollow TV. The guys doing a, a great job. So yeah, hit us up um, on any of the socials, anything like that, and uh, that's the way we um you know we, we like I said we want to get people on here. We want to we want to give you guys the information that that you want to know and. Uh, we'd love to have race teams uh, contact us. We'll probably reach out to a few race teams as well and do a little bit of a review. We can either get you on the channel or uh, we can talk for you if you're not comfortable talking as much as uh, Dan and I are. But, uh, yeah, that's... that's Who like a chat? Love a chat. Love a chat. So uh, it, it's great. So, hey, if you've made it this far, we do truly appreciate you to listening all the way to uh to dirt number bags one. number one zero zero one put this one in the history books um it's something that uh we've been talking about for a long time and just and just wanted to get up and running and just decided yeah because probably josh even to give them a little bit more info we want to attempt to do these at events like if we're going away because we yeah, love race, to do a live stream set up and live stream and do this sort of stuff and catch up with teams at events you know bring a real podcast where you know we're involved, and we'll come to the people, and and uh, and you know we're all about being, you know, in the dirt and amongst the dirt, and we just love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, thanks, DC. Thanks to everyone for listening. We uh, we really love you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, we a uh, little bit of a sip. Oh no, mine's empty. But uh, oh. it's it's been it's been awesome. It's been a been a great chat. A mad shout out to Ryan Taylor for uh, taking a bit of a time out of his family holiday to FaceTime in. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, if we get a video up, we're going to try to. If we get a video up, sorry, you saw a lot up his nose a lot of the time, but up the nose, away it goes. And uh, it's been fantastic. It's been a blast. Yeah, we, we like I said, we'll get a few more out there because we, we love talking about it. But uh, just remember, guys, last one there is the first shout. You. <laughs>